It's great to have that crowd here, isn't it? It's great to be able to hear that uh, the children praising the Lord. If you have your Bibles there, we're uh, in Matthew 5, and we're going to do talk about this morning about light, which is in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 14, uh, 5, 14. You know what? little bit of a hush here this morning a little bit of a spirit that we need to pray about folks we're going we're here this morning to worship our lord and our savior jesus christ and let me tell you what he has the holy he gives us the holy spirit doesn't he and that's his spirit of joy i don't sense that joy this morning that we should have would you pray with me Would you pray sincerely and ask the Lord to flood your heart with his joy, with his wisdom, with your understanding? We're getting ready to open his word. And when we go to it, we want him to inform us, for him to fill us. Would you pray that right now? We're a body of believers that all love him, right? Amen? Amen. Let's go to him right now. Lord, we come before you this morning. with hearts that belong to you already. And Lord, our prayer this morning is that if there's any part of our hearts that are not right before you, or if there's something that we don't have right with you or we don't have even right maybe with another brother or sister here in the congregation, Lord, I just pray that all of that is just baggage we can just take right out of our hearts right now and leave it at the door because Lord we're here this morning to meet you Lord speak to us in your word and may our hearts just be poured out before you fill us fill us Lord with your understanding with your wisdom Lord with your word and Lord all of it for your glory you Lord amen amen quiet oh it's not just because the kids are gone it's because our hearts are right you know what I I don't know how you dealt with last week last week we talked about being salt right and it was kind of neat to be able to go out and someone asked me this week said tell me about your congregation what are they like and I said they're a bunch of salts Salty people. Are you salts? Huh? Are you salty people? Remember last week? We talked about being salty. And I tell you what, it's good to be back with my salty brothers in Christ. We read in uh, Matthew 5, 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth. This is Jesus speaking to you and me. He says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, lost its flavor, lost its savor, then how shall it saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and be trampled under people's feet. Here's the thing I didn't tell you last week. How many of you, I'll let you figure this out on your own, how many of you have ever tasted old salt? Anybody here ever tried old salt? Is it still salty? You bet. It doesn't lose its salt in you. So here's the good news. You're the salt of the earth. And he was really saying, so if it loses its savor, it's no good anymore, is it? You're still good. Because you're still salty and you can't lose your saltiness. You can hide it, though. 
I hope you're not hiding it. I hope you, you, you were, I hope you were really salty with everybody around you this week. Um, you know what? We live in a world that needs a lot of preserving, doesn't it? That's what salt does. We, need a, we live in a world that needs to be reflavored for sure. Amen? Yeah, and you know what? That's exactly what salt does. And salt also preserves. And that's what we're here to do. The world's dying. It's putrid. And the salt actually preserves it, right? I think that's why the very next verse, Jesus says this, You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." Both of these statements that we read, Jesus gave us. He gave to Christians and their characteristics that we are to have. You are to be salty and you are to be light. And you know what? He says that. There's, there's some things here that really don't get right in our modern English. When it says you, it means you and nobody else. There is nobody else in the world that can take the place of a Christian. In being the light in the world. It can't happen. You're it. You're the salt of the world. Nobody else can be the salt of the world. But Christians. Jesus says that right here. So when he says you. He means you. If you're a believer and you belong to Jesus Christ. He's talking to you. Know that. Let me tell you what. History proves that. If you don't want to believe the Bible. Let me tell you. History will, will, has borne it out. Since the beginning of recorded history. Natural man has sought after and followed. Whoever impressed them the most. With their knowledge. With their thinking. People are always trying to. You know what? If you go back and you look at the Egyptians. The Egyptians who consider themselves still to this day. To be the cradle of, of history. of a, The cradle of civilization. Where all intelligence started. Made massive libraries. Or storage places. They really weren't libraries. To store all of their knowledge. So that all of the world could become like the Egyptians. With all of their human knowledge. Right after them, Alexander the Great. He was great because he was a great warrior, right? He was a great war guy. Took, all the, took the whole world, the whole known civilized world in three years. So he was a great warrior. But you know what else he did? Everywhere he went, he left libraries. So that the people that he had conquered could get the Greek philosophy. And all this thinking of Aristotle and all the great Greek thinking. You and I are a victim of that. We talked about that before. We all think the same way that he taught everybody to think because he left all his knowledge in these libraries, all of his worldly knowledge. And then enlightened scholars of the day still think that. If you were to go and get a doctoral dissertation in any university in the world right now, you would have to follow Aristotelian logic to present it or you will not get your degree. We're a victim, aren't we? Of man's thinking. Turning away from God. The way that he teaches, the way that he teaches his wisdom. Think about the Romans. The Romans come along and, and enlighten the world with their great knowledge. And they were great knowledge of what? War. Transportation. Communications. All those civilized things that happened back then. But the Roman Empire fell to what? The light of the gospel. That's how they fell. 
the church kind of reorganized itself. Or it became the church, and even the church itself got distracted with the Roman knowledge. It was the enlightened Roman knowledge, and they decided that, oh, okay, we are the, now the enlightened church. We'll, in, we'll interpret it ourselves. You aren't smart enough. So we're going to just let the church leaders read it. Matter of fact, they rewrote it from the original language into, into their own language so that they could discern it, what God was saying, and now it became human knowledge again because it was man's interpretation. Uh, the world, they, they, they were going to interpret God's word for the rest of us who couldn't think for ourselves. We had to think the way that they did, but that was the light that the church shone in the world, right? Well, then about the 15th century, somebody picked up the Bible, the original language, and said, whoa, we can read this for ourselves. God's enlightenment. So they started reading it for themselves, and we started what was called the Reformation. But even the Reformation, just a couple of centuries after that, men got a hold of it and tied it back to the Greek thinking, and we wound up with the Enlightenment period of the 19th century. We wound up with all these great guys, these, the enlightenment, the, the higher learning of natural men. And you know what? We still live under that. Today, I don't think anyone would, uh, would disagree that we, with our enlightened knowledge of medicine, politics, communications, science, astronomy, philosophy, sociology, you name it, we're so much better off, aren't we, with man's knowledge much better place to live today, right? Than it was just a couple of centuries ago, right? Everybody agree with that? Much better place? Mm -hmm. And through all of our enlightenment, we don't know any more about sin than we did thousands of years ago, do we? We've made no progress in understanding God's knowledge about our own predicament called sin. Hmm. Pretty smart, aren't we? You know what I'm talking about when I say sin. You know, that, that the thing that God said, okay, you're going to get kicked when you left the garden. You want to know the difference between good and evil? You want to go out and learn it on your own? Well, that sin is what separated us from God. And that's what sin is. Looks like there's a whole lot of uh, world-enlightened sinners out there, doesn't it? Huh. It looks like there are more than there ever was before, I think. Why is that? I think they've been looking for the true light of knowledge in all the wrong places. What do you think? Hadn't been looking in God's word, have they? And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. That's you and me. This statement that Jesus tells us something very important about the world when he talks about that. The world is dark. And we're the light of it. Whoa. You know what? If it wasn't dark, why else would it need light? The light that the world has always sought has been the light of knowledge. Mechanical things, science, light of intelligence, and life itself it, you know, is, is, is due to our own biological knowledge, isn't it? With man's developed, it appears that our knowledge of human matters has not increased at all. Of God's things, has it? And when you stop to think about life in the living world, the world is deeply dark. And Jesus says that only Christians have the light to shine in the darkness. 
Only us. Only you. It's not like the world hadn't been trying. They really haven't gotten anywhere. Um, the ancient Greek and Roman philosophers, they didn't bring any real light in the world, did they? <laughs> Can you say that's true? It is, isn't it? You know, when Jesus spoke these words, a lot of the ancient philosophers had been dead for years. And they'd, talking about be, they'd talked about being the light. So when he said, you're the light of the world, everybody that heard him, his disciples, knew exactly what he was talking about. They knew about the light of the world. And when he said, I am the light of the world, talking about himself, they knew exactly what he was talking about. He carried that light, folks, into the darkness. And uh, Jesus has given it to you. He's filled you with his light Jesus told us as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world and then he said and I am the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but still have the light of life God's life and he said to, he said that to uh, Every Christian who, was, who heard him then, and he still says that today to every Christian who hears him now, you are the light of the world. That means that even though maybe um, you haven't read Aristotle, you had not read Plato or, or Kant or Locke or Aquinas or Descartes, you can tell the world geniuses about Jesus. Let me tell you why I say that. Maybe you don't think you can do that. Maybe you don't think you can talk to someone who's smarter than you are. You're wrong. Trust me, you're wrong. You have knowledge they don't have, and you have knowledge they desperately need to be saved. Let me tell you how I know that. I did something this week. I went and looked at the official Google certified list of the 50 geniuses in the, uh, living today. Who are the 50 smartest people alive? Now, you wouldn't know some of them because a lot of them are mathematicians or, or um, physicists or chemists or Hollywood filmmakers or basketball stars. It's true. You may have heard of some of these people. Michael Jordan, one of the 50 smartest people in the world. Mm -hmm. Oprah Winfrey. Barack Obama and the Dalai Lama. 50 most intelligent people in the world. Google certified, you know it's right. Uh, broke my heart, Dr. Phil's not on the list. He's the only one that doesn't talk funny. You couldn't possibly provide any important information to these people that they already know, could you? Something we were talking about Friday, Friday, Three of us, I'm going to use our example. Three of us were sitting around, we were getting, anyway. I want you to think with me. Did you think? Don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot, don't worry. It, think about this. You believe you're a Christian? And you believe that Jesus is in charge of your life? And you believe there's nothing that happens in your life that he doesn't already know about? 
That's in Scripture in case you want to argue with that. You know what? He does, right? You belong to him. So let me, let's say all of a sudden, take your favorite hero, live today, somebody that you, you would just love to sit down in front of. You know, well, I'm not going to tell you, but the, the guys didn't choose uh, basketball stars, <laughs> uh, you know, or something like that, some baseball star. But let's say all of a sudden you could sit down with someone who is a, a great hero in your life. All of a sudden you have an appointment with them. You know God allowed it to happen, right? You believe that? What would you say that he doesn't know if he's not a believer? Would you be willing to show them Christ in your life? I don't mean take out your Bible and hit them over the head with it. Or, 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 to, or to take, take a, you know, the latest track and stuff it in their pocket or something like that. I mean, would you let them see Jesus in you? Are you bold enough to do that? That's a real question, isn't it? So you do have things you can offer someone who's a genius. Jesus says you are the only light of the world. That's really the way that's written in the original language. You are the light of the world. You're all there is. Nobody can take your place. You may not know as, as much about the things of life in the natural world as all these geniuses, but you know more about life itself from God. You know more about Jesus Christ than all of them put together because none of them know him, the ones I'm talking about. And those are the ones you just might run into. Paul actually tells us in his first letter to the church at Corinth, he says, for since, uh, for since in, in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, not those who believe in the way of the world. So, you're the light, even to what the world considers to be the greatest minds alive. And remember, this is not just for a few Christians. Jesus was talking to all of his disciples then, and he's talking to all of his disciples today, folks. I bet I know what's going on in your head right now. In that place in your head where you don't want anybody else to know. Mm -hmm. Maybe the person sitting next to you even or someone else that's sitting here in this room here this morning. You're thinking, how can I do that? I'm not capable of doing that. Yes, you are. All you have to do is let them see Jesus in you. You know what? If you're living and you're walking with him every day, they'll see that in you. And they'll want it. They'll know there's something in there, something in there that they need. Best way to do it is just cast all your fears out. You know, we were talking a while ago about some of the people that have some of these fears. And we were talking even at breakfast one morning this week about some of the greatest fears of some of the people have around us. And I keep coming back to 1 John where it just says, Christ's love, perfect love, cast out fear. All fear, it says. All fear. It does. So you know what? You've got Christ in you, who is God, whose son's God, and he says, you are the light of the world. That's the same Jesus who said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk, walk in darkness, but will have the light of life in you. He's saying that 
He alone gives us the light. And he wrote to the church of Ephesus, Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus, he said, Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light, now you are light in the Lord. You know, not only have you received the light, you've become the light. You know, we've talked about this before, becoming Jesus, we become him. He is in us, and the more we live in him, the more we become him, we are his light. And you know what? You're the transmitters. You're the transmitters of the light everywhere you go. Um, kind of makes you proud to be a member of, kind of makes, you, makes me proud to be a member or be a Boulevardian, let's call it that, right? Yeah, because we are. We're transmitting the light right here. His light is a part of you, and it's a part of your personal intimate relationship with the Son of God. You have a personal relationship with Him. Don't count on the church for your relationship. It's Jesus Christ. It's Him. Count on Him, your relationship. And then we're all walking together, bringing our relationships together here. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And that light is in you. So, Let's just come now here to some practical applications. How, how, how are we to be light of the world, and, and how do we live this out? Come on, Pastor, get, get, get real here. Um, I think most of the time it starts with what we talked about last week, and that is being the salt, the salt of the world. Let me give you a scenario. You interact daily with people wherever you are, work, walking. I know some of you walk for a living, <laughs> several of you, and... Um, get out and you see people and you know what you go where people don't live as Christians right you probably have a lot of people around you that might even say oh yeah I'm a Christian I go to church every year every Christmas and Easter or something like that but you know they're they're not really they're not, not really Christians they're not living the life of Christians right so you know that but here's the thing you don't walk up to them and say hi I'm Ken I'm a Christian you don't do that do you they have to see it in you really don't they You see, you're the salt of the earth. And when you walk up to them, like we said last week, and all of a sudden they know you're there and they know you're different, they change. The dialogue changes. Did you see that this week? I see some heads shaking. That happened to you, didn't it? Yeah, you notice that, that you are different in a crowd. And because you're consistently different, um, you have a certain control about you, and and, and they will at some point, they're going to want to know about that. You know, I say... Always give a reason for the hope that lies within you. Actually, Peter said that. I don't have to. That's when you move from the general salt to the specific light. Get it? You can't help but be the salt and the light because of who you are in Christ. Can't do much about that. So it will happen to you, and you will be the light in the darkness at some time. Look for it. So how does all this work out out in life? How do you know when when you are the light of the world? Well, let's look at it by asking, um, how do you see light affecting the world that you live in? What's it doing in the world that you walk around in, that you live in? I mean, what does the light do in the world? Practically, it exposes the darkness, right? You know, some of you, I don't know if you've ever been in any of the large cave systems like a, 
uh, Carlsbad, Mammoth Cave, Blanchard Springs. You ever been in any of those big ones? When they used to do on the tour, I, I understand they're starting to stop this now for too many people with a lot of fear in their heart. But but if you ever go into those places, what would happen? You'd go in to, the, to one place in the cave, and they'd turn out all the lights. If you've ever been deep inside of a cave, let me tell you what. When they turn out the lights, you don't even know where your body parts are. It's amazing. All of a sudden, everything's missing. You know, and you don't dare move because you don't know where that foot's going to go. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's pretty scary. You know, and if this is the first time it's ever happened to you, you can actually feel your heart pumping. And if you're in a small crowd, you might even be able to hear it. it it's, it's scary. When the lights turn back on, all of a sudden, I can't explain to you the relief. It's just like all of a sudden you know where that next step is. You know, you know that there are bats up there in the top of that cave, and that's bad iguana over there in the corner you didn't want to step in, right? Or there's, a, there's an underground river over there that you could have walked into if you weren't paying attention. You know, all of a sudden there's this, this relief. And you're flooded. Have you ever experienced that? Anybody ever had, you know what? Yeah, you know what that's like, right? It's amazing. Can you imagine someone who lives in the dark world that doesn't know Christ that all of a sudden sees the light? What relief. Wow. What joy just floods them. That's what we have, folks. We carry that light. We got to tell them about it, don't we? You know, like we were reading Isaiah this last week. And in uh, Isaiah... Uh, actually in Matthew, Jesus actually quotes Isaiah and he says, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. <laughs> they were talking about Jesus, weren't they, when Isaiah wrote that? And Jesus says, he quotes it, he says, the people and in darkness have seen a great light and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began preaching, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The light has come into the world. And it's Jesus Christ. And guess where he is today? You don't have to guess. If you know, he's living inside of you. If you've received him, and he's come into your heart. The coming of Jesus into the world it, it, is so fundamental that it can, be, it can be described just like that. The light has come into the world. We don't have to step off into that great abyss anymore that we couldn't see, do we? We're stopped, frozen. Don't have to do that anymore. The same uh, Christ that lives in you. and He says you're in the light of the world in this very way. He says you can't help it. You are the light. I made you that way. I have made you that way now. And I'm, in, I'm building you up. That's what sanctification is all about. Forget that word. We'll talk about it later. You will expose the darkness in people's lives when you shine Christ's light in their lives. Boy, I tell you, that's scary sometimes, isn't it? We get persecuted for that, don't we? Yeah, people don't like hearing that. They're not going to like that at all. Your, your light's going to expose darkness in places in some folks' lives that would just make them feel ashamed. And that means your light is working when that happens. You don't have to get righteous about it or get confident about it. Pray for them because you want them to know Christ's life, right? Jesus also said, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. 
For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. That's what we're doing here. People who want to live in the darkness and will not face their sin won't welcome your light. Know that and be ready for that. You don't have to run from them. You have to be afraid of them. But they're not going to like it. But that's what Christ sent you to do. Remember this, the Pharisees and the scribes, they didn't like Jesus' light either, did they? So much so that they killed him. They're not going to like your light. You have the light of Jesus in you. That tells us another thing about this exposure. Not only does light reveal the hidden things of the darkness, it unveils the cause of it. You know what that is? Sin. The cause of all this darkness is sin. You're going to reveal it. Sin. You know what that is? Remember, we just talked about that. That separation from God. That separation from God is what you expose. You want them to be exposed to God? I do. I have, there's people that I, we walk with that we have known for years and people I have known for not, not that long that don't know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you know what? I don't care if they made me mad or whatever. I don't want them going to hell. We need to show them the light, don't we? Even if it hurts and even if it scares us. Don't be afraid. Love of Christ, perfect, perfect love casts out fear. And many times the great philosophers of the world have been asked, what is the purpose of life? There's a lot of jokes I could tell you about that. But uh, those who have not seen the light and re rejected God have without exception not been able to answer that question. Never in the history of the world has any philosopher or any great any mind of any kind that didn't have Jesus, never have they been able to answer that question. I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, well, it's been more than a few years ago, Back in the 70s, Dr. Julian Huxley, you know who he was? He was the guy that actually brought us to evolution, the mind of evolution in the schools and all that. He's British, don't worry, we can blame it on them. Dr. Julian Huxley, he broadcast about life. He had a show all about evolution and all that stuff. But he, um, Dr. Huxley, was confessed on air that he could not see any end or purpose of life who was considered the greatest mind on evolution oh my the enlightened of the world had not seen the light of life how sad it's a great mind you and I couldn't sit down and talk with him he would immediately reject what we had to say because he had all this Aristotelian logic working for him, right? And he was drowning in it, and he died in it. How sad. How sad. You know what? When the world's out there drowning in the light, that's where you and I come in. We know that the world's problem is not what the world says it is. It's separation from God. Is separation from his wisdom, separation from his knowledge. You see, it's only when sin is removed that anyone can have a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. 
And that's what Jesus did, didn't he? Only when sin has been exposed can he know it is there. And then he can only, only then can he do something about it. Folks, you got to get those lights turned on, exposing that sin out there. Only Christians have the light to expose it. You get it? That's us. That's our job. <laughs> but I don't know how. I don't think I can do it. I'm afraid they'll beat me up. Holy Spirit's the one that gives you the words to say. And let me tell you something else. This is not in my script. Let me tell you something else. Every one of you who has given his life to receive Jesus Christ, every one of you has a testimony that Christ gave you. The church didn't give it to you. You know, some pamphlet didn't give it to you. Christ gave it to you. And that's what he wants you to share. Is he your Lord and your Savior? Yeah, if he is, share that with them. And then they'll know he's real because you know what? It's your testimony. That's what he's given you. After all the all these centuries of, of even millennia of seeking enlightenment, we don't respond to the light that exposes our sin. Why not? Why is that? Because you know what? That's the way we're born. We're born with this sin nature in us. Go back and read it in the fall if you want it, back in Genesis. It's all part of our life. It's the way we're born. And then we ask, why can't an intelligent man not see the light and turn away from sin? It's because it's born into him. Christ is the only one that can take that, that darkness out and expose that. The natural man likes sin. It comes naturally. You know, I don't know about you. I never had a sin lesson in my life. And I was really good at it. True? Yeah. No one had to teach it to you. You know, anybody here, you have any little kids in your life, you know, they do things and they do things that just make you mad, right? Seems like, doesn't it, huh? And that, that's sin, right? Anybody teach them how to do that? They don't. Sin comes natural. Natural man likes it. Uh, let's read John three nineteen. Let me read this to you real quick. And this is the judgment. The light is coming to the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. This is the judgment, or as the King James says, this is the condemnation on the people of the world. And there's no one to shed the light on their problem but you and me. Christians. We're the only ones that can expose it. And the light we shed not only exposes the darkness, but it shows them the way out. They don't have a way out without Christ, do they? And we're the ones that are to show them the way out. You know, you think, you're, you think oh, well, this, that's the pastor's job, or that's the preacher's job, or whatever. Uh-uh. You're the light of the world. That's what the Bible says. That's what Christ says. The world has already tried its knowledge. It hasn't worked. And it's not working. It won't ever work, will it? It's tried politics. That ain't worked. It's tried science, medicine, education. They still can't find that true light, can they? It tells them why they're here and their way out of the darkness. Uh, 
we keep looking and keep asking, why are we here? It's like Julius Huxley was asked, why are we here? What are we doing here? And then he falls back on his self-esteem, on his own personal knowledge, on everything that he's gained, everything he's put in his mind that is from the world. And it just hasn't worked, folks. It never will. Know that. There's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. It's a knowledge of him. Placing your faith in him. Man still lives in the darkness, and he can't see the way to God. The creator of man's existence himself. They can't see it, and yet he's right out here in, in front of them, in you and me. The only way mankind will ever be able to see this is, is with light. And the light that lives in you, which is Jesus Christ. Folks, we live in a world with people all around us who exist in deep cave darkness. The lights are out. Perfect darkness. And there will never be any way to see through that darkness at all. Unless you and I share the light Jesus has put in us. It's the gospel of salvation through Christ, and it's through him only. Not going to get it through any other way. Not any way that man's rationalized that might be good. You know, I was reminded in three of our three different occasions this week, three different Bible studies, I've said this to you before. We talk, yeah, but they're so good. That doesn't make them saved. And that doesn't mean that the light of Christ is exposed what's in their heart, does it? D. James Kennedy said, and this is what I was reminded three times this week. It's interesting. He said, hell is full of good people just like you and me. The difference is, is that Jesus Christ has shown his light. And we've received that light in the rest of us. So I, I'm going to end this morning with this. Does the world see the light in you when you walk around? When you're out being the salt? Does the world see that in you? Is anyone asking you, what's that going on inside of you? There's something different about you. You ever had anybody do that with you, for you? Notice? I hope you have. You probably have, and maybe they didn't know it. Or maybe you cratered. Who knows? You know, they, have, they say things like, what's that confidence you have? Uh, where does that assuredness that you have come from? And why aren't you dependent on the pleasures of the world like we are? What's going on in there? Hmm, maybe sometimes we are a little too dependent or place a little too much faith in the pleasures of the world. If they, but if they ask you, what are you going to say to them? You can tell them about Jesus Christ, not about yourself. You can tell them what he's done in your life. But you tell them about Jesus Christ and who he is. Jesus came to save the lost and to die for them, to take away their sins. Amen? And you can tell people about that. Let me tell you what. If you're not a believer here this morning, he died for you too. It's no surprise to Jesus that you're here this morning. If you never made that confession, if you never asked Christ to come into your life, do it. Ask him to come in. He will. And when he does, he fills your heart and your mind, the mind of Christ, with the light. The light that he gives you to be shown into the world. And here's the thing. When you go out into the world... Tell them about him. You're the only one who can tell them about Jesus. If you have him in you, there's nobody else that's going to do it. You're the light of the world. Live like the children of life. Amen.
Lord, we praise you this morning because you are indeed the light. Lord, you have given us, you filled us with your light. Lord, not just with the knowledge, but Lord, with the light through your grace. By faith in you, Lord, we are saved. And Lord, we love you, we believe you, we follow you. Lord, fill us with your light even more, Lord, so that we can show the rest of the world who you are. That's why you left us here, Lord. That's why we're here now. Oh, Lord, I pray that each and every person here this morning that knows you, that has received you, will shed their light in all that they do this week. Because, Lord, it's not about us. It's not even about your church. It's about you. Lord, may many see the light of Christ in our lives. In your precious name we ask and pray. And everybody said, Amen.